They just means five. Um, and they are the earliest scriptures, really, um, of God's people. And we're in the book of Deuteronomy, the last book of the five, number 505, chapter 5 in Deuteronomy. And welcome. It's great to have you here on Mother's Day. Um, for those of you I haven't met, my name is Paul Buckley. I'm the pastor here. And um, we pray God's blessing on you as we look at his word. And uh, Mother's Day is uh, an appropriate day for us to celebrate. Um, there is one thing that we all have in common, no matter what our backgrounds might be, no matter who we are, no matter what ethnicity we have, occupation, what, whatever preference we have, we all have a mom, regardless. And it is fitting for us to honor moms and to consider what God's Word teaches about moms. There's a lot in Scripture, actually, about motherhood and, and relating to moms. Um, there's a lot that we could look at. God has not left us alone. He's a gracious God who speaks to us and wants us to understand how to if you're a mom, how to be a mom. Uh, if you have a mom, which is everybody, how to relate to your mom. Uh, and he cares for us in this. And he instructs us. And so there's so much we could talk about. But what I want to do today is to look at probably one of the most important scriptures in the Bible about relating to moms. Uh, this will be more of how to relate to moms and how to be a mom, though that, that is an appropriate um, message to bring on Mother's Day. We're going to look at how God calls us to relate to moms. So this message applies to everybody on Mother's Day. It isn't one of those Mother's Day messages you think, well, this is for moms, I'm not a mom. Um, but it applies to all of us. God has given us in His Word um, truth, and He has given ten great commandments. Uh, when He worked in His people to rescue them from Egypt, to bring them out of Egypt, to bring them out of slavery and oppression, to bring them out of a darkness that they lived in. He, he worked mightily. He worked graciously. He, he brought them out with power. He brought them out with riches, too, actually. They came out of Egypt with power, uh, the, by the power of God with great riches, uh, with God himself leading them in a very powerful and personal way. And he called them to be his own people. He called them to himself. He had worked graciously in their lives. He had rescued them from Egypt, and he called them to be his people. And in calling them to be his people, he gave them these commandments, these ten commandments that are, in a sense, summaries, uh, is a summary of how to relate to God, how to be his people. Now, that was for the people of Israel. We're not necessarily. Some of us might be Jewish, which is wonderful, but we're not the people of Israel. So we don't relate quite in the same way, but these ten commandments are very important, and they stand really for all of God's people, uh, particularly in their principles that they stand for. And he gave these Ten Commandments. The first four commandments have to do with how we, uh, directly how we relate to God. The next six uh, are about how to relate to one another, but they're all actually about how to relate to God because uh, God is a God who cares about our relationships, one with another. And he has given us of these latter six, the first one, which is a key commandment on relating to the Lord. So we're going to take a look at that. We're going to take a look at the Ten Commandments, focus in on the Fifth Commandment, and trust God to lead us and speak to us. Let's ask Him to do that. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for the Ten Commandments. We thank You for Your holy commandments. We thank You for who You are and what You are like. 
And Lord, we, uh, we need to know who you are. We need to know what you're like. And we need to know uh, how to live in light of who you are and what you're like and how we relate to our moms. And Lord, you're very interested in this, so we ask you now, Lord, to speak to us. I thank you, Lord, uh, that you provided for us in Christ. We're forgiven and welcomed into your presence. And because of him and the power that we have in Christ, the power of your presence here for all, uh, even those that may not yet know you, Lord, you speak to us and lead us. So we ask you to do that. Would you animate, would you illuminate your words? Would you visit us? Would you change us? Would you conform us to Christ and send us out in you? Uh, from hearing you, Lord, today, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. These Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy 5, verses uh, 6 and following, are God's Word. He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. One, you shall have no other gods before me. Two, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Three, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Four, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you should do, not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you do. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Five, honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God has given you. Six, you shall not murder. Seven, and you shall not commit adultery. Eight, and you shall not steal. Nine, and you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And ten, and you shall not covet your neighbor's wife and you shall not desire your neighbor's house, his field, or his male servant, or his female servant his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. These are the Ten Commandments that God gave His people. There's a lot in Scripture that springs off of these commandments. We see in the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus really teaches these commandments in the Sermon on the Mount, and He, he amplifies and He helps us understand the implications of these glorious commandments, and He helps us understand how we are to live in them and obey them, and we spent a whole series on that. What I want to do today is focus in on this fifth commandment, in particular how it relates to mothers, this commandment to honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long, that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. I want to talk about what the commandment is, what it means, what is God saying, how should we regard it, and then I want to talk about 
how do we live in light of that? We'll look at that as we go along. Isn't it interesting when we see these Ten Commandments, if you were to make a list, if God said to you, uh, hey, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to organize these commandments. I, I want to put ten of them. And here's kind of what I want, but you know, how do you, want, how do you think I should lay them out? What order should I give these commandments? And, and I think most of us would, would put the first four that way, right? We, we want to focus on God first, relating to Him rightly, not, uh, not worshiping false gods, uh, setting aside a day uh, under, that, uh, under that covenant as the, uh, the old covenant and really the principle for all of God's people, this, this idea of resting in the Lord. We, we want to put all those things first. And then the, the second part, the six commandments about people, we, we, I think we'd order them differently perhaps. I don't know about you, but don't you think like maybe murder should be the first one? You shall not murder. And then next, you shall not commit adultery. I mean, those are all pretty serious, destructive sins, things that really uh, you know, re- are rebellion against God. And then, you know, maybe steal probably next. And then, I mean, bear false witness, too. I mean, that's important to not, bear, to not lie. I mean, if you lie, society falls apart, right? So lie would do not bear false witness. Tell the truth would be next. And then do not covet your neighbor's wife or covet your neighbor's goods. That, I mean, if we live in a society where we're all coveting, that's going to be really destructive and negative. So that one next. And then uh, at the end, yes, and by the way, family life is important. Uh, honor your father and your mother uh, so that if it may go well with you, you might live long in the land. Would you perhaps order the, co- the commandments that way? I mean, I, it makes sense. But does God order the commandments that way? No. Number one commandment uh, in the order relating to people is honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord God commanded you that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God has given you. And then he goes on to these other commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not lie. Do not covet. That's, that's important. God is saying that when we start to think about how to relate to people, where we start is at home with our mom and dad. If we want to think about how to relate to other people in God's name, where we start is at home and how we relate to our mom and dad. And if your mom and dad are not in your home, you've grown up, it still is the same. Honor your father and mother applies to children and adults. It applies to all people. We all have a mom. It may be a biological mom, it may be an adoptive mom. Regardless, we all have moms that we can look to. And we are called by God in the priority list of relating to other people in His name to first honor your father and your mother. That needs to sink in, I think, for all of us because functionally we put all those other things first and God says, no, this is first. Honor your father and your mother. Yes, murder, do not murder, do not do these other things. But first on the list, honor your father and your mother. And the rest of Scripture echoes the same. It's the very foundation of God's people. How we relate to our father and our mother. And he uses the word honor here, which is a word that's the same word that's used for worship of God. We are to honor, we are to give glory, we are to give weight, we are to give uh, importance to our father and our mother. It's the same sort of word that's used for the worship of God. doesn't mean that we worship our father and our mother like we worship God, but, but in similar ways we relate to our father and our mother. One of the prime and, and really the, the most important relationship that we have functionally 
is our relationship with our father and our mother. So God says, honor your father and your mother. To honor your father and mother is to honor God. To dishonor your father and mother is to dishonor God. That's what he's saying. And again, the Bible echoes this. It's throughout the Bible, the, the call to do this. So all the way forward in the book of uh, Ephesians, when Paul's addressing Ephesian children, this is much later in time after this promise, he, and when he wants to talk about submitting, he's, he's talking about the church. He's talking about how the church should relate and that, that to be in the church means that we submit to the different authorities that God has given us. And so he addresses children with their parents and he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. We see it all over. and I, I mean, there was, I could just fill the rest of our time quoting Bible verses on honoring your father and your mother. The book of Proverbs is full of it. The book of Proverbs is really a book about what it practically looks like for a teen or young adult to honor their father and their mother. The book of Proverbs is about wisdom, right? It's about walking as a wise person, not a foolish person. The, and the author and God himself behind the author anchors that in honoring your father and your mother. So Proverbs says... Things like Proverbs 1.8, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Proverbs 6, My son, keep your father's commandment, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. Proverbs 10, A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Being wise, according to the book of Proverbs, is honoring your father and your mother. Wisdom flows from honoring your father and mother by looking for wisdom and teaching from them. There's other verses we could look at, but, it, but it's seen throughout Scripture. And there are penalties prescribed for not honoring your father and your mother. Under the law, as, uh, as the people of God, uh, uh, as Israel, there were penalties for this. Very severe penalties. Have you ever read those? Have you ever read them to your children? Um. <laughs> They're very severe. So Exodus 21, and again, you can find many verses. These are just samples. Exodus 21, whoever strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death. Whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. So acting against your parents with physically or with your words is a capital offense. There's another scripture related to it as well. I, I, I think it's in Numbers maybe. I can't remember. Uh, about if a, if a child is uh, persistently disobedient over time and the parents entreat that child and, and he continues to rebel and it goes on and on and on, it says take the child out and, and basically have him judged by the people and then put him to death. Wow. Wow. The MSPCA would have a field day with some of these, these things. Now, we don't do this. We're not under the same covenant. But, but PCA, right? PCC, whatever. My wife used to work for him. Prevention for cruelty. MSPCC. Yeah, my wife used to work for him. Um, there are verses on animals in the Bible, but we're not talking about that right now. So the penalties are heavy. And, and it, there's not only prescribed penalties under the law, 
but there are scriptures that, that teach us that God himself will judge the one who does not honor her, his or her father or mother. So there are penalties to be actively done under the old covenant, but there, are also, there is also judgment and punishment from God. So uh, this is throughout scripture too. Ezekiel, when he's talking about what the people have done to rebel against God and why God has brought judgment. So what God did, the people of Israel rebelled against God, over 400 years, very serious rebellion, you can read about it in the Old Testament, went on and on and on, God warned them, he called them again and again, sent prophets again and again, but after 400 years, he said, okay, I'm bringing it, and they were defeated militarily and exiled to another land. That was, that was total failure for them. And it says in Ezekiel 22, th- these are some of the reasons that Ezekiel says they were judged. Ezekiel 22, father and mother are treated with contempt in you. The sojourner suffers extortion in your midst. The fatherless and the widow are wronged in you. He's saying, guys, you were exiled and punished by God because of how you failed to treat and how you treated your father and your mother. And it's fitting, therefore, to to understand why in the New Testament, when Paul talks about the evil of mankind, both present and future, he uses disobedience to parents as part of the description of the evil of the day. Uh, and the evil to come, 2 Timothy 3. But understand this, that in the last days there will, be, will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. And just aside here, guys, I, for the young people, I'm not bringing this message to, as an adult to try to get you to obey my, me or whatever or your parents. That, that's part of this. This is for all of us grown as well as children. We'll see that as we go. But just, just to help you maybe right now to, to resist the temptation, Pastor Paul is just saying this because he's an adult and he wants us to fall in line because it's a lot easier for parents if their kids are obedient. No, that's not the point. Uh, this is God's Word. And, and it's for all of us. All of us. We're, we're, none of us will get out of here uh, scot-free. So they're disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy. Romans chapter 1, talking about the sin of mankind, calls them slanderers. This is us in our natural state without God. Slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil. I mean, those are all horrible descriptions. And then it throws in disobedient to parents. And our culture says, well, that's just a throwaway problem. That's not a serious one. These other ones, yes. Disobedient to parents. But God's Word says no. I mean, if it's the fifth commandment, it makes sense, doesn't it, that this is a very serious sin. When, when children do not honor their father and their mother, there's a problem. So God, God talks of the penalties in Scripture. This is throughout, throughout Scripture. And He give, gives promises for the commandment as well. Wonderful promises. God, Paul brings that out in Ephesians chapter 6. It's a first commandment with a promise. God says, do this, and there's, there's a promise. So... Uh, We saw it in Deuteronomy 5. We see it in Ephesians 6 as Paul quotes from Deuteronomy 5. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So a good and long life is the promise of honoring your father and your mother. That's wonderful. God, that's, that's who God is, right? When He gives us commands, he's not, 
He's not merely interested in kind of laying out rules for us. He wants us to walk in His goodness, in His holiness, in His blessing. He wants us to bless others. So there's penalties in His goodness. He must deal with it. There's repercussions of disobedience, but there's blessing in obedience. There's promises. The book of Proverbs is full of promises. This is a book for young people, for all people, but especially geared to young people, saying when you, when you embrace wisdom, when you embrace honoring your father and your mother, there's all all these things that you will get. Now, you, there's no guarantee they're truisms. They're not absolute always truth, but they're, but they're tendencies in God's world uh, to, that will happen, that will tend to happen. So, uh, Proverbs 3, when it speaks of the rewards of wisdom, it says, long, uh, long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. And all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold fast are called blessed. This is those who embrace wisdom. How do you embrace wisdom in the book of Proverbs? By listening to your father and your mother, embracing their instruction, wearing it as, as a garland, making it, it, it part of your identity, and holding it close to your heart and walking in it. There's wonderful promises. And Paul, I believe, in Ephesians 6, when he's saying it's the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land, I believe he's also looking at eternal life and, 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 and saying basically that, that those who honor their father and mother are, are those that know the Lord. It's a sign that, that you have experienced the grace of God in your life. And therefore, you honor your father and your mother, and you will, if you are one like this, you will live long in the land. You will live eternally in the land. So there's an implication of our, and it's, it, it, not that your obedience gets you in heaven, but, it, but it's a sign that you are one bound for heaven. And it is a great assurance to us that, yes, there's a difference in my life. There's this heart, this desire to honor my father and my mother. The commandment of God to honor your father and your mother, to honor your mother in particular, talking about Mother's Day, is clear and good and right. And it flows from the character of God. And it's fundamental to life. And no matter what we might think about it, it is clear that it is right. It is God's command. There are no excuses for us. Now, we might make excuses we might say, well, you, know, my, you don't know my mom. You don't know what my mom was like. And, and, and true, uh, there are moms that are, actually every mom is imperfect. There's not a perfect mom out there. And there are some moms that are far from perfect. And for some of us, uh, to, to even talk about your mom is a painful thing because maybe your mom was very far from perfect. But nevertheless, God calls you to honor your mother doesn't mean you endorse everything about her, but God has blessed you through your mother in some way, no matter what. At least she carried you and nurtured you with her body and gave herself to you so you might be alive, at the very least. But I'm sure, even for the worst mothers, there's much more than that. And certainly for most of us, there's many countless blessings that have come to us through our mother. God Himself has poured out His grace through our mother and He has, brought, he has expressed His authority and His character through our mother. And so God can say with the fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother. And this is important for all of us no matter what age we might be. But when we hear this commandment, I, I think our initial reactions are usually not very good. 
The commandments of God are good and right, but when they come against sinners like us, our initial reactions are, oh, I don't like this. I mean, do you really mean, do you really mean I'm supposed to honor my mother? You don't know. And, and we come up with excuses. And we come up with reasons. Or maybe you have a really good mother and you can't go to that excuse. So, well, my mother, you know, you don't know what's wrong with my mother. But there'll be something else that we'll do. We'll, we'll reject the commandment. We'll, we'll run from it. We'll feel guilty by it, perhaps. We can feel guilty and realize, I fall short. And this makes me feel awful. And yeah, I agree with you. It's true. But I, I, ooh, I'm not coming back to this church if you're going to talk about stuff like this. It makes me feel very uncomfortable and lousy. Uh, and so we'll run from the commandments sometimes. We'll, go, we'll run away. We don't want to hear this. Tell us nice things about ourselves, please. We don't want to hear that, that there's this commandment and that I fall short, so we ignore it or we rebel against it or we excuse it away. For some of us, Mother's Day might as well be called Guilty Day. Happy Guilty Day. You ever feel that? Happy Guilty Day, I... The, 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 the few of us in here who didn't even know it was Mother's Day till this morning, you're having a happy guilty day right now. <laughs> Maybe for some of us we feel like the son in this letter. I think we can show this up. Listen, to this is a letter to a son. It says, Dear darling, happy Mother's Day to you. And please don't worry, I'm just fine, considering I can hardly breathe or eat. The important thing is that you have a nice day, thousands of miles away from your ailing mother. It's funny, guys. You can laugh. It's not a real letter, in case, you in case you were thinking it was a real letter. I've sent along my last $10 in this card, which I hope you'll spend on my grandchildren, whom I never see. <laughs> Thank you so much for the birthday flowers you sent last year. I put them in the freezer so they'll stay fresh for my grave. <laughs> which reminds me, we buried Grandma last week. I would have invited you, but I know you're, you're busy and have more important things to do. Well, son, it's time for me to crawl off to bed now. I lost my cane beating off muggers last week. But don't worry about me. I'm also getting used to the cold since they turned my heat off, and I'm grateful because the frost on my bed numbs the constant pain. Now, don't even think about sending any more money because I know you need it for those expensive family vacations you take every year. Give my love to my darling grandbabies and my regards to whatever her name is. Love your only mother. It's a joke. It's not real. <laughs> well, it's a joke, but I think some of us can feel those sort of things when we think about Mother's Day. And when you hear about the commandment, the fifth commandment, it's just guilt. I feel guilty. I feel awful. And, and there's different things to do with that. We rebel against it. We run from it. We try to excuse away. Or one of the worst things you can do is think, okay, I'm going to get this down. I'm going to be the perfect son or daughter. And we, and we think, what do we need to do? And, and we go out there and, and we work and we labor. Um, that's what can happen as we face this command. The reality is we all fall short of this commandment. And there's no escape from that. There's no escape from the reality that this is a good command. It's right. It's just. We recognize in every way it's good. And we're not. And we fall short. And that's okay. That's, that's part of the process. We're going to get through this, by the way. Hang in there. But that's part of the process. We come under the command. Um, most of you know that recently I, I, I lost my dad. My dad passed away. 
And one of the things that I've realized um, in my dad's passing is just how much he did for me and how little I did in return for him. How much he did for me throughout the years, all the things, and, and all these things come to mind. And don't worry about me. I'm not wallowing in guilt and grief in this, but I'm just recognizing the reality that my dad lived for his kids in so many ways. He worked his job for us, really. He brought in a consistent income. He sent us to school. He provided for us food, clothing, shelter, companionship. He came to my games. He supported me. I was an idiot in high school. And I didn't deserve my dad. He would still come to my wrestling matches, my football games, and support me in everything. Decisions I made that weren't good ones. He listened. He counseled me. My dad did so much for me. And I did very little in return. Much of my teenage years, I was rebelling against my parents or just ignoring them. I even brought them shame and great sorrow at times. And when, and when I came to Christ, I was 17. God worked powerfully in my life. I hadn't, that I remember, ever heard a clear presentation about who Christ is and, and, and that He had died for my sins and uh, rose again on the third day and that I needed to respond in repentance and faith. I, I don't ever remember hearing that clearly, though I, I have to say that I was around it a lot in some, one form or another. But when I heard and understood, there was a change in my life. And that did change how I related to my dad. But I still didn't get it. I still didn't get the fifth commandment. And you know what, it's, it's, it's only, I think, at the age of almost 47 that I, that I started finally to get it. Now, I fall short, though, still. But I still, I started to get it. I started to get just how much my dad loved me, loved us. I started to get how much he had given to us. And I started to get how much I had put him through. Now, I did have a chance to talk to him, so in case you're worrying. I did have a chance to say sorry. I did have a chance to honor my dad. But I wish I had done so much more. I wish I had done so much better. I know my dad loves me and forgives me, and I look forward. He's in heaven. I look forward to saying more of this in heaven. I'll have more chance. But I don't want us to miss out on the opportunity to honor our father and our mother, particularly this day, to honor our mother. Young people, young people, do your best by God's grace to confront this command and to honor your father and mother. We can remain in guilt and, and, and run from the command. We can, can uh, try to do our best in our own strength, and we're actually just going to make a mess if we do that. There's actually good news. There's good news in the Bible. When we read the rest of the story, when we see all that God planned from the very beginning and, and finishes at the very end, that there is somebody out there who actually did honor their father and their mother perfectly. There is somebody who always appreciated the blessing that they were to that person and honored them and obeyed them as a young person and respected and cared for them as a, a, a young adult and an adult. There was somebody who, when asked to do something, actually did do it right away, all the way, in a happy way. There is somebody that fulfilled the commandment perfectly, without flaw, spotlessly. And the amazing thing that this person, he, he loved his parents, he loved his parents even on the cross when he was being tortured to death. He looked down and he saw his mom there and he saw one of his best friends and he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. 
and said to the friend, Behold your mother. And it says, From that hour the disciple took her to his home. On the cross, he was caring for his widowed mother, soon to lose her eldest son. And said, I want you, my best friend, to take care of my mom. Mom, I want you to go live with him. And that is historically what happened. Mary went to live with John. His honoring of his mother and his earthly father uh, was spotless. His father by marriage to his mother was spotless. He obeyed. He did it. He never failed. He had no regrets when he finished his life. And the amazing thing in Scripture is that He has offered up Himself on the cross for those who have failed to honor their mother and their father. He's offered up His perfect righteousness, His perfect record in your place. To not honor your father or mother is a gross injustice. It's ignoring God's grace to you, to, to me, It's ignoring God's grace. It's ignoring God's authority, His instituted authority for our good. It's rebelling against God. It's a gross injustice. And the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. Justice on God's part is to deal with the sin of disobeying the fifth commandment. He must deal with it. And the wages of sin is death. It is exile from the presence and goodness of God. And if we continue in it, it is eternal death. That's what hell is, to be apart from God's presence and to suffer because of that. The wages of sin is death. My sin against my mother deserves God's judgment. But the good news is one who never failed went to the cross, offered up his righteousness to the Father, and took the judgment we deserve for our failure to honor our father and our mother. And he paid it. He paid it. He drank the cup of the wrath of the justice of God to the last drop. He paid for your failure to honor your mother. And offered up his perfect record as a substitute. There's a glorious exchange. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, For our sake He made Him who to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. He offers up this wonderful exchange. If this book is your sin and this is Christ, your sin is put on Christ. But there's more to the story. If this white page is Christ's righteousness, you get that. There's a glorious exchange in Christ He offers to us on Mother's Day and each day to live in. To be received by faith. Romans 3, 23-25. I think we have this to put up. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Christ redeems us in what He did. Whom God put forth as a propitiation by His blood. That's a, a payment for the just wrath of God. By His blood to be received by faith. He's done this. He's offered it to us. We receive it. We must receive it by faith. If we don't receive it by faith, it's not ours. We receive by faith. Faith is turning from sin and receiving the forgiveness, the free gift. Receiving the payment and the righteousness that is ours. That is good news on Mother's Day, folks. That's very good news on Mother's Day. It doesn't have to be guilty day. It's a day to say, Lord, I have fallen short. I have failed. 
whether you're young or old, to say, I have failed. I did not give my mother the honor that she was due. And you paid for it all. Your blood was shed for these sins, these grievous sins. And I'm forgiven. And now I have new life in Christ. Now I can look at the commandment. The commandment no longer condemns me. The commandment no longer says guilty as charged. And now condemn him. The commandment no longer says that. I'm no longer under the grip of sin. I'm free and forgiven. And now the commandment takes on a whole new light in my life. Before, it was an instruction that condemns. Now it's an invitation that leads to life. It's an invitation from God to walk in His ways and say, now I'm forgiven, I'm free, His life is in me. Now I can go and seek to grow in my obedience to this commandment. I can do this because God has loved me and received me and forgiven me and He's in me creating these new desires for God to to love God by honoring my father and my mother. It doesn't have to be guilty day. It can be a new day of glory in God. So what do I want to do in the, in the little bit of remaining time is just talk about that. Talk about how we walk this out. How to live now in light of this, this commandment as new creations forgiven. I think the first part is to recognize that honoring your mother and your father is worship to God. That's the heart of it. It's worship to God. God is not an abstract being that just kind of dwells up in the sky and we come on Sunday and say, God, you're great. Thank you for saving me. And we go home. God is a God who's made in His creation. He has expressed Himself. He dwells in and amongst us. He expresses Himself through creation. The Bible says His glory fills the whole earth. He's a very practical, nitty-gritty God. He's glorious and above us as well. And he has expressed his goodness in giving us moms. There are ways that he pours out his grace on us and ways that he providentially governs us through our moms. And so your mom is a very close connection to God. She's not God, she's your mom, but it's, she's a very close connection to God. And if you want to be a worshiper of God on Sunday, you must also honor your mother on Monday. Respect her on Tuesday. Be affectionate towards her on Wednesday. Care for her on Thursday. Help her on Friday. Spend time with her on Saturday. To worship God is to honor your mom in all these ways. It's worship of God. Worship of God because He's been gracious to you. God has been gracious to you through your mom. He's provided for you. There's no one like your mom. There's no one like your mom. Your mom is fantastic in her her love for you, her, her, I can assume for most of us, unconditional love for you. My mom is just amazing. She, I don't think my mom, maybe once or twice in my life when I was really awful, and I, I won't even get into details how awful I was. My mom has said something bad about me, but it was true. Uh, my, my mom, I, it's funny, I'll, I'll share with my mom my shortcomings now as an adult, and you know what her reply is? Oh, well, that's not that bad. You're, you're, and she'll start sharing something good about me. Washington Irving, I shared this on Facebook this week, Washington Irving has a quote about moms. He says this, A father may turn his back on his child. Brothers and sisters may become inveterate enemies. Husbands may desert their wives, wives their husbands. But a mother's love endures to all. In good repute and bad repute. In the face of the world's condemnation. Sorry. A mother still loves on. 
and still hopes that her child may turn from his evil ways and repent. Still she remembers the infant smiles that once filled her bosom with rapture, the merry laugh, the joyful shout of his childhood, the opening promise of his youth, and she can never be brought to think him all unworthy. There's no one like you, Mom. She loves you. She's given herself for you. You don't understand how much your mom loves you. And, and honoring your mom is worship. It's returning thanks to God. Thank you, God, that you would give me a mom, as imperfect as she may be, to care for me, to watch over me. This is you, God, behind my mom. And my relationship with my mom is my expression of worship to God. Our honoring of our mothers needs to be rooted in worship of God. We're also promised great blessing. We, we, we covered that. There's great blessing promised from God, long and blessed life, wisdom and riches. It, it assures us of, of, of the genuineness of our faith. Ephesians 6, Paul says, is, do this that you might live long in the land. The implication is the land is the, the, the eternal land, that this is a sign. And, and, and again, we don't live by, we're, we're justified by faith, but a sign of, of that justifying life in us, the, of Christ in us, is our honoring of our father and mother. So there's an assurance that it gives us. There's blessing. There's a heritage. I love to cite the example of Sarah Edwards, uh, the wife of the famous uh, late Puritan theologian and pastor Jonathan Edwards, uh, lived back in the mid-1700s, greatly revered by her husband and her children and left an amazing legacy. Has anyone here looked at the legacy of Sarah Edwards, Jonathan and Sarah Edwards? Uh, of her descendants, 13 college presidents, 65 professors, 100 lawyers and a dean of a law school, 30 judges, 66 physicians and a dean of a medical school, 80 holders of public office, three United States senators, mayors of three large cities, governors of three states, one vice president of the United States, and one controller of the United States Treasury. All from this woman's life. All because her children revered her, honored her, and sought to live in the wisdom she and her husband gave. There's promise. Proverbs is full of promise for those who go to their mother for wisdom. And that not only applies to children and young adults, but adults too. A wonderful way to honor your mother, if, if she's still living, if you're an adult, is to go to her for wisdom. Mom, what do you think about this? Now, many of you already do that. To look to her for wisdom. Yes, we, we recognize fathers have a more primary role perhaps in wisdom, but mothers as well impart wisdom. The Proverbs says that. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. So we honor our mother by going to her and recognizing the wisdom and the promises that are ours. There's blessing. God blesses this way. God loves to use means, and a, and a mom is an important means of blessing. Long life, a good life, is the promise that comes as we honor our mothers. So when we're young, listening, obeying as quickly and fully and happily as you can, remembering you're forgiven in Christ. And remember, He is the power in your life to do it. You're going to fall short, but you're forgiven. He loves you. He's in you. So go for it. Do your best. Ask Him. Don't settle for begrudging obedience to your mom or begrudging respect to your mom. That is, that is not God's best for you. God's best for you is happy, enthusiastic 
interactive obedience. It doesn't mean you're a robot who just does. When you're younger, you need to probably be more like a robot. As you grow, though, there's interaction, but there's still that heart. Yes, I want to obey. Tell me more. Christ can make that happen in our lives. Showing genuine affection to our mom, enjoying being with her is honoring. I, I, would, I think if I asked moms here, particularly moms of older kids, what is your number one gift you'd like for Mother's Day? I think it would be to be with my kids, right? That my kids would all be with me and would get along and we would have a good time together, right? That's a great way to honor your mom. Get with your mom. Spend time. Get the family together for your mom. She's going to enjoy that. And also a key component and a whole other message is as your mother grows older, care for your mom. One of the chief ways an adult child care, uh, honors their mother or father is to care for them in old age. The heart of genuine worship of God, James says, is to, to care for widows. And, and, and you're to care for your own family primarily. For, oh, not how do I say that? Your first priority, in terms of your priority. You're to care for your own mother. Uh, and that's a way we express honoring our mothers by caring for them and being with them. The, the, the state and the healthcare system are not the ones primarily responsible for your mother's care. You are. I am. Yes, there might be something they can do to come alongside, but we are responsible to care and to honor our mothers that way. We do it because God commands it. We do it because... Christ forgives us for our shortfalls. We do it because Christ is in us, calling us to this good and glorious commandment. The bag could come up as we finish. I may have fallen short in honoring my dad, and I did. There are maybe things I wish I had done better, but I'm so glad I'm forgiven. And I'm so glad Christ is teaching me, even at 47, how to honor my parents. I'm not done, and you won't be done, kids, ever learning how to do this. I'm so glad he's teaching me. And I've learned a lot through my dad's passing about that. And, and I look at this commandment differently. I look, yes, I'm, I'm guilty but forgiven, but it's an opportunity to enjoy God, to bless my mom, to see a blessing to my own children, to others. And I'm looking forward to today, Mother's Day. This evening we'll get together as a family. We'll get together with uh, Peg's mom. Um, we got together as a family with, to honor Peg last night. We'll get together with Peg's mom today, and then we'll get with my mom. Uh, all the kids will be there. It'll be our first time um, since my dad has passed that we'll be together for Mother's Day. And we've, said, we've picked out my mom still likes to golf. I'm so glad she's active, a golfer. And there's a special golf cart. We asked her, uh, Mom, what would you like? She's, and she said, you know, like mothers do, well, you know, you don't need to get me this. But, you know, a golf cart, one of those three-wheel golf carts? <laughs> yeah, you don't need to get me this, but I'd like a new car. No, a golf cart. Uh, there's a special push golf cart as you're getting older, you know, you don't have to, it doesn't take as much energy, three-wheeled, and she, I guess the other, other women, I, I don't like to say elderly women, my mother doesn't like me to say that, so the other women, the, uh, I don't know, you have to tell me a euphemism for that, other women worthy of honor, they, um, they have these golf carts, so I'm looking forward to getting with my mom, with my siblings and their families, and honoring her through this expression, cards, and being with her. How about you? Your mom may not be with you today. She may not be alive anymore. But there's ways to recognize the blessing that God has brought to you through your mom. There's ways to honor God and your regard to your mom. If your mom's with you, wonderful. 
Don't miss the opportunity to honor. You're forgiven. It's not guilty day. It's a fresh opportunity to honor and enjoy God and bless your mom on Mother's Day. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, that you did not fail to honor your father and your mother. You did it to the, to the point of death on a cross, and you offered yourself up in your spotless righteousness in our place so we can be forgiven and we can be given new life in you to turn now by your life and honor our mothers today and honor our fathers, our parents. So would you grant us power today? Would you grant us joy and faith in this? Would you change us? Each one here, no matter what age, from young child to uh, grandmother, may all of us be transformed by these truths. May people be blessed today through it. May you be glorified, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. The chorus of our song, Isn't He Good, goes like this. Isn't he good? Isn't he kind? Hasn't he blessed us time after time? And guys, that's not about you, by the way. It's about our God, our great God. He's good. Let's stand and sing it.